welcome to the Leah Andrews Show. I am very happy to welcome Joseph Graywolf. He is an acknowledged Native elder, and he's also the owner of Walk in Balance Center. Incorporated. Walk in Balance Center Incorporated. Welcome, Joseph. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you, Leah. Um, I really wanted to have Joseph on because he was a huge influence in my life. I had an experience back in September with Joseph Greywolf and with Carissa Schumacher on a journey in Sedona. And it was a time that I was really going through a lot of things and it really helped to heal my heart and bring me back um, to connect with myself. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, about your journeys that you do here in Sedona. Well, the last one that, that we did, we went to the birthing cave and that was an incredible journey because we really found that we needed to listen. Remember, we were walking the trail, yes. the next thing you know, you were walking going, where are we? And then we had to stop and breathe and, and look. And, and the journey to get there was so much a part of the journey. <clears throat> um, here in, in Sedona, there, there is so much of that spiritual journey here. It's like you arrive here and, and you just feel it as, as you have been as really people from around the world that have come here to sometimes not even know why but to come to some answers of what it is that is drawing them spiritually to want to experience what is here in Sedona as it was for you and many others. Mm -hmm. Where we are right here right now is sacred ground where we hold many different ceremonies. There's a medicine wheel behind us. There's a, a lodge here where we perform some very traditional ceremonies, EDP purification ceremonies. And dances, you know, we have children, moms and dads, and grandmas and grandpas here. We do figure eight dancing, we do Cherokee dancing, my wife is Cherokee. So not only do we hold the seven sacred ceremonies of, of many indigenous peoples, what is important for us is to connect no matter where we are on this walk, and to us come together and dance. Now I know that for, it was, it's been a fascinating thing for me to come into your teachings because it, there's so much dignity and, and power in your, your Native American um, ceremonies and your teachings. And I think that a lot of us in the modern world have seen Native American nations as kind of broken people. And what I think is really beautiful about coming into here is that there's nothing broken. I mean, there was a horrible thing that were done and it's still alive and it still can be brought back. And um, can you speak a little bit about that? Did you go through that? Did you go through that process yourself as a Native American person, um, knowing about history, and then kind of rediscovering the power in it? So through mom and dad, grandmas and grandpas, from the time that we arrived here as little children, and were first held by mother, by father grandpa, by grandma, by relations, we start to receive um, teachings or lessons. And when we're first held, we are so open to everything that is being said to us, the actions that are being given to us, the love prayerfully that's being extended, that we just take it all because we're little wild animals and we're mm -hmm. so ready for it all. And then as we grow, say now we start going into school, so we're into like an adolescent school. Now we're in school. For me, it was Catholic school. All the way through 
hear it. Our wisdom cubes. We're in the times of our lives where we're really asking questions about those teachings that were given to us, what of those do I need to keep? What of those teachings, if it was um, boarding school or if it was Catholic school, if it was however that was, what teachings within that are holding us back from stepping out into who we are? Because truly, who are we? We're spirit people that are holding on to crap stuff, uh -huh. however you want to express it, uh -huh. that's a physical blow or an emotional hurt or a, um, a spiritual not knowing or, or a mental worry, fear thing that we may have been holding on to since we, since we came in as little children. Or maybe even before that. Because before we came in, we came in with ancestral knowings that we are now going, wow, look at all this. We're, we're shutting our eyes more. We're breathing in more of purposeful breath. Not just the breath that brings us life, that helps our blood, but to really breathe with our eyes shut. Love and gratitude of letting go of some of the stuff that's holding us back. So I think for each of us, we can say that uh, from what has been, there's this stuff that we're holding on to that's not serving us And as we talked about before, and as we talked about our journey, is that when we acknowledge what those negative worry, fear-based stuff is really causing us pain, it's not a disease, it's a dis-ease of whatever it is that we're feeling. And um, to not look some medicine, it's, it's really important as we uh, come into a ceremonial way that uh, we have some medicines available to uh, help to cleanse and clear it and let So in the abalone shell, the abalone shell itself is a recognition of water, water being the blood of our mother earth, water then represented by the shell of the water that flows through us that brings life. And then within the shell is sage, that is the feminine medicine, cedar is the masculine medicine, and with the sweet grass, in ways of ceremony, which is every day, we wake up in the morning of the day, and we're in loving gratitude to divine creator, God, however we want to express divineness, then we're combining that feminine, masculine, masculine, One thing I love about your teachings is that it's very similar to Taoism. Mm -hmm. Because Taoism is also an earth-based philosophy, medicine, religion, however, spirituality, however you want to term it. Um, so there's this reverence for natural cycles, natural having rituals within their natural cycles, and also the balancing of the masculine and feminine, balancing of all of the elements of nature together. And one of the ways that you used to be, which I love, is that you call plant um, people disturbing them. So it's this acknowledgement of consciousness 
lives. True. Because we're all people. When, when Creator created creation, it was done with a breath, and that breath of love, and then creation was set upon. This came through a vision. I, I just love it. I, I can see with my eyes shut. I can see this happening. It was a breath, and set upon creation were stone people, tree people, four-legged people. The creepy crawly people, the swimming people, cloud people, all people, all one. And set here with a specific purpose. Just as we are right here, right now, sitting right here with a specific purpose. And that is to help and assist you. We don't own it. We don't own it. We're caretakers, okay? So as caretakers and sitting with all people, as we speak truth and with love and gratitude of shutting off what is not ours, we connect with the spirit of all people. And I've noticed too that when I sit with those from Japan or from Europe or wherever it is, whatever spirituality they may be in, uh, in the sacred with, not fanatical with it. Because once we get fanatical, then it all goes to, you know, what in the handbasket. Right. So we want to be... <laughs> But acknowledging that, you know, the, the intermingling, like the web of life, um, which is part of what, what the Lodge is all about, this represents the womb of our mother. So what is below is also above. What is above is below. And it's intermingling with willows tied together naturally and forming the womb of our mother, which is where we're sitting right here. And this, by the way, you, you have corrected me. This is not a sweat lodge. No. The correct term? Inipi. Purification ceremony. So that's within the Lakota, Dakota, Nakota knowings. In Cherokee, it would be called in a sea purification ceremony. Now, through history, it has been called a sweat lodge. What happened with that is that it was taken uh, to places and, uh, and, and not set prepared and worked in a sacred way. So why it is that here at Walk and Balance we refer to the ceremonies in a spiritual way is to then not be connected here to others who are not doing things in a traditional spiritual way. So we refer back to the teachings of the ancestors of what truly what should be called. And even if we just call it a purification ceremony says a lot more than sweat lodge. Mm -hmm. When I lived up in northern Minnesota, I know we used to have uh, saunas. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd go in there and we'd have the eucalyptus branches yes. whipping ourselves and, oh, it smelled so good. And then we'd run out in the snow. Mm -hmm. Or at one time, I remember, we lived by a lake. So we'd cut this big hole in there and we'd run out and dive in the cold water and then go back into the sauna. Yeah. Then came the Inipi mm -hmm. and we would do the same thing. How powerful. Well, as you know, you were, you were in... You've been in two of those ceremonies. Yes. Yeah. And how powerful. That thing I want to say about your Anipi ceremony, it was very physically gentle. I mean, you go through a lot of spiritual, emotional, mental stuff, which is why you go there. Um, but it's such a loving, gentle space where I have had experiences where it's a little bit more 
physically intense. Sure. Um, I mean, it, it still was, you get a nice sweat and, and you get a full experience, but it wasn't as uh, grueling. Right. Um, because you, you do things more gently with your, your rituals. The time of suffering is over. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> Can you say that again? <laughs> I want to hear them. <laughs> the time of suffering is over. Yes. So, this it's not that there isn't purpose in, say we're going to have a purification ceremony for a particular purpose, like um, someone's crossed over the inside camp, um, someone's really sick, there's prayers needed for whatever that might be, and there's a purpose and there's an intent. Then when we go into the lodge and we're sitting there and the stones have gotten hot and, and we're listening, and if I'm going to be pouring the water in the ceremony, my purpose is to listen to what it is that Creator, Divine Source, has to come through. And Creator might say, you know those 28 stones you have out there that you might bring in at seven times maybe around? Bring them all in at once. But the purpose and the intent then is to listen how to work with those stone people, how to work with those grandfathers, what is needed within the healing that is necessary for whatever the purpose is. But the time of suffering is over. It's, it's not about seeing how hot we can get it. It's not about seeing how long we stay. Because as you know, somewhere getting out and having water and water brought in and water being thrown around, it, it's about prayer. It's about purifying oneself through prayer, through songs, through laughter, through tears, however that is. So that then from being inside the room of our mother in that way, when you come out, it's, it's like you're all shiny and, and ready. Kind of like when you came out of, out of your mom. We'll never have another mom. We'll only have one mom. So this is is uh, that recognition of, of the womb of our mom, which is above the I don't know if you want to bring this up, but one thing I thought was fascinating about you, you actually were in the, the priesthood, at least, the seminary at least, you didn't actually become a priest, but you started off being in the seminary. Well, I started off being in Catholic school all the way through eighth grade. Mm -hmm. So that was my knowing. Um, it, it wasn't a question of do I want, it was that I was. Mm -hmm. So it, it was again that, that for me, as I look back, it, it was, you know, the thumbs and down on you did so. Mm -hmm. When I got out of eighth grade, I was going to public school. I remember my first day of school, it was like the the scariest thing I've, I had ever done. Because um, I had no idea what was going on. Um, it, it wasn't a part of my life. And so when I came back home after that first day, I told my mom and dad, I said, I'm not going back there. What do you want to do? I said, I don't know. I'm not going back in the public school. Mm -hmm. So I said, I know. I'll go in the seminary. Well, my mom's doing high fives with God. Dad's over your mom. Oh. <laughs> Good thing. So I did. I went to the uh, seminary and, and studied for quite some time and had an opportunity to really read some books. Books that were not available to us as we were even in the, in, in the church. Um, and what I found really beautiful, and what really brought me to this question, is that within those books, I was reading, We Are All One. So as I continued to read that and accept that, I went to the head, like priest guy, 
And I said, Father, he goes, yes, son. I said, in all the books I've been reading, it says we're all one. Yes, my son. I said, well, then why does it have to be this one? And he said, you'll be leaving now. So, yeah. yeah. So w within that acceptance, and of course I went into public school, and, mm -hmm. well, hell, <laughs> so, what, so what brought you back? Like, what brought you back to where you were and doing these ceremonies? Mm. After raising four children, working uh, as an engineer, mm -hmm. um, you know, really being involved in that, if man doesn't work seven days a week, 24 hours a day, how will you possibly support a family? How will you have a four-bedroom house and all the toys in. Oh, by the way, you're not going to get to use them, but you're going to have them. And, th and that was my life. I remember my son Colin was five or six. And I, I had come home early on a Saturday. And I came in the front door, and he ran from me. He didn't even recognize me. That that was how it was, you know. And I had to go to them. And mothers are going, no, no, it's, it's your dad. They didn't even know. And that was a really big awakening. It was time to really start letting go of what was holding me back from being there for my children, from being there for my wife, from being there for all my relations. Um, and it was a difficult road because instilled within me, as it is in many men, is that uh, we're, we're the ones that provide. And uh, it's time to get off of it. It's not true. The women, the grandmas, are our movie. You guys are. Incredible movie. That's so beautiful because, in in way of, of tribalness, really, if, if you look at, at tribalness around the world, men would go to grandmas, men would go to the women, and they would sing, and they would then speak about whatever it was that was important, whatever it might be. And then once the grandmas and, and the mothers spoke, they would go back and they would talk about it. But there was no decision making until you talked to the women. And so the feminine is on this incredible move where now you hold as women maybe half the workforce. But what is more beautiful than that is givers of life, as we are Wakam, sacred women, to be acknowledged for who you truly are. And you should be acknowledged first. And in a ceremonial way, when, when you enter into, you acknowledge women first. And then, hey, my brother, how are you? When did it start? It was all there, but my awakening was my son running from me and not the man. That's amazing that you say that. I didn't know this story, but I see you with your, he has a, you have a younger son now, who is such a light being, and you are so present. I mean, that all children could have a father as loving and present, which I think, thank God now, more men are, are finding that they they should and they can have their heart with them present and not just a source of money. And like that's not their only role which is like this
And it could be the littlest ways, and sometimes the most annoying ways. Yeah, of course. Well, children are like, aren't we? We're like that. You can be annoying. Yeah. Um, but teaching, if you really listen to the children, they have so much to teach. I remember there was a time ago when a friend of ours, Kristen, called and was coming here to Sedona and was, may we just sit? And I'm like, yeah, Kristen, where are you? I'm over at the coffee shop. See, I thought she was in Tucson coming this way. No, she's at the coffee shop. So Josh and I were out traveling around. I said, well, I got Josh with me. And she said, bring him. So there we are. We're sitting up at the coffee shop. And uh, Chris and I are talking. Josh is having a lemonade. And he takes a sip of his lemonade, and he goes, Kristen. She goes, yes, Josh. He says, what happens when you, this is what he did, when you draw a line, I don't know, Josh, what happens? So it goes on forever. Drinking his lemonade. Yeah. She's looking at me and we're talking. Kristen! Yes, Josh. What happens when you draw a line right alongside that other line? She goes, Oh, Josh, I don't know what happens. He said, It'll go on forever. But somewhere down the road, it will cross. And he got up and walked away. And Kristen looks at me and says, what the hell was that? <laughs> I needed that. Because what was happening in her, in her life is that she was coming to a crossroads. And, and where do you go from there? You know, how, do you, how do you set with the oneness when, when you know that uh, that crossroads is, is difficult? Uh, you, know, you bring all this stuff into it when, when really we need to embrace it. And so there was Joshua's teaching. So, oh, by the way, so over the last while, I know I shared a little bit about this, but now that we're at children, um, I called some of my favorite kids, and they were in the school that Joshua goes, he's in a Waldorf school, so I called some of the kids with a question. I said, I'm going to be interviewed tomorrow, and I want to know some things to share. So would you give me one word that would express what it is that makes you happy? first child I talked to, who was nine, said dinosaurs. And so I had to ask him, I said, well, why dinosaurs? He goes, well, from what I've been hearing, it's kind of like us. I go, well, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, you know, they're extinct. I'm like, yeah. He said, well, that's what could happen if we continue doing some of the stuff we're doing, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, th that's true. However, if we look at it as there are swimming people and four-legged people and bird people that are right here right now that are part of the ancestry of the dinosaurs, so they are living on. So, ah, hadn't thought about that. So then, anyway, there was this connection. The next child said music. She said the music of vibration is how she put it. And I was like, wow, the music is so important for us. Um, I know you've heard me sing, I know you've sang together in Lodge, and, and uh, I used to sing my best when I was in the shower because nobody could hear me. Uh -huh. um, but now I love to sing. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not just singing something with words, it's just lifting vibration of sound to enhance the vibration of, of our breath, mm -hmm. of expression, I like that. So music was a great answer. 
Then I asked Joshua, and he said, friends. And he said, you know, Dad, we can never have enough of them. I was like, yeah, Joshua, I want you right. We can never have enough friends. And so being that, that we're all friends, in one way or another, we're all holding hands. One of the other expressions was self, self-worth. That came from my 38-year-old daughter, who's going through a lot of stuff, the letting go, things that haven't worked out and now perfectly stepping into the stuff that will work out. But in order to do that, we have to find self-worth. If we don't love ourselves, we, we wouldn't be having this conversation like that. So in recognition of the children, oh yeah, there's little brother Raven flying by. Mm-hmm. Love the Ravens, there's two of them. They're all about the magic. Mm-hmm. This is all about magic. So as we stir the pot, and we're putting in all this, all this good stuff. And we're holding hands. You know, if, if all of us just put our hands out and, and just shut our eyes, and breathe in some deep love and gratitude, and hold hands, you know, like, like put a wolf over here, and maybe a cat over here, and put your hand over here, and actually, you know, we're holding hands with a tree person, a cloud person, and holding hand with your mom over there, and, and we're all holding hands and we're just, loving it and turning slow. That's the way life is. That's the way it should be. That's the beat of this heart. That's the beat of this heart is in communion with, is becoming one with the drumbeat of the universe. And so when, when this is, is beating and setting that, that water through us, we're really connecting that with the spirit of who we are. You know, it's like you can make a noise with whatever you like, and that goes as far as, wow, who knows how far, mm-hmm. farther than we ever know. Mm-hmm. And so does the breath. You know, this breath goes just like the smoke farther than we ever know. So the connecting with the children has been so profound for me the last few days. And the answers that have come through from my granddaughter Piper, who's she's just younger than Josh. Josh was actually an uncle. She said that. It's all about it. Love is the most powerful force there is. And then we look at some of the stuff. You came up from Tucson? Yes. So just south of there in the Carlos Apache, down in the Superstition Mountains. There was just signed into being a bill that would devastate thousands of acres that would be turned into a copper mine. So there's a lot of a lot of our relations that are down there saying, no, stop! You know, we don't want this. There's a company in India who wants to open up a um, hotel with assorted um, businesses, uh, restaurants and that, at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. No, stop that! There's uranium mining that's scheduled for the bottom of the Grand Canyon. There's coal mining going up here in northern Minnesota, and there's stuff happening. All I mean, there's XL pipelines that are wanting to be stretched across the United States, and yet they don't even look at 50,000 gallons of oil that's spilled into the Yellowstone. Okay, and people can't drink the water. 
had a birthday party. Let's see, Josh was uh, nine. And it was a beautiful at, at a park we had. And so we arrived, we were gonna set up the tables, and we realized that there's like six birthday parties going on. So we're gonna have ours on the grass. So we laid out blankets, we had all the food out there. And of course, what the kids want to do, they want to go play. Yes. So they're all playing around, having a great time, and there's music going on, and we're dancing. And we were sitting on a blanket, and I look up, and I see like a checkerboard affair going on within the realm of chemtrails. I'm watching. And then I hear, oh no, look what you did. Oh, this is terrible. And I look, and there's six helium balloons of different colors floating up into the sky. And mother's all upset because the young child let go of them, they're going up into the sky. So obviously, some are looking up there at these incredible, beautiful balloons and also seeing this crisscrossing lines in the sky. But what are they acknowledging? But they're acknowledging the balloons. So I said, what would happen if we gathered all the children and we gathered all the moms and all the dads and all the grandmas and all the grandpas and all the relations that are here and had us all stand in a line and just yell, stop! Do you think they'd do it? Because we're afraid of what others will possibly think. Yes. That's why. Yes. And we have this incredible voice. Those that are down at the Carlos um, stuff going on down there, they're down there saying no. They're making their noise, they're waving their fans, they get a lot of medicine going on down there. They're all hugging each other in prayers that others will assist them. Now to do that, we don't have to go there. We shut our eyes and just connect with our breath of our heart and hearts. A sense of prayer there. Can you, and, and you, but you gave me, in times when I've had some issues going up where I felt overwhelmed, how can I, do, well, how can I act? And you gave me that beautiful, simple meditation where you breathe in love, and out gratitude, and that immediately, if I can get myself into that breath, I'll be able to do. It's like I, I it's like I, I get into that space then where I can actually take real action. Because sometimes when, like when you tell me the story, I start to, oh my God, this is horrible. How is this still going on? How can people be so disconnected? And when I'm in that space, I'm not thinking straight, and I can't take right action. So can you have us go through that meditation real fast? Absolutely. So first, we're going to do it with our eyes open so we can see it. That we're going to. So, with with our eyes open, if you take this finger, just so that you have a focal point, okay, take this finger, and you put it on your nose, okay, and you breathe in really deep, long, as deep as you can, as much as you can, fill yourself with love, and then put your hands in front of your mouth and breathe out gratitude. Four of those. Every morning, I still do. Every morning, breathing in love, gratitude, four breaths. Morning, sometime during the day, you know, we can all just stop, turn from whatever we're doing, and just breathe in four deep breaths of love and with gratitude like that. And at nighttime before we go to sleep, so that we're open for our dream time, where we work more than we even do during the day, because our spirit now has a chance to go out and play around. Over my many years of, of this practice, I have found it to be the most healing, the most healing breath. And yet, it seems to 
does it, it ignites that fire. And, and through igniting of that fire, we then feel the heat of knowing how good it feels. So now we're going to shut our eyes. See, when, when you shut your eyes, you shut out all the perceptions of what you see. And we're so full of perceptions, we have our eyes open. So if we just take a moment to shut our eyes, we now shut out all the perceptions that we see. And we breathe in deep love. Exhaling gratitude. And listening. Breathe in love. And gratitude. Just listening. Deep love. And gratitude. Listening. I shut in deep love. And gratitude. Listening with our eyes shut. And with our eyes shut, the more that we listen, the more that we will come to understand. It's like these beautiful bird people that are around here right now and they're singing. They're talking. And the more that we do this practice, we will come to the knowings that we came in with as children, that we all spoke the same language. And we will once again truly hear and understand what's on the wind. We'll truly hear what it is that our cat has to say. We will truly hear what it is that Divine Creator Source has coming through us. Then, with one more deep love and gratitude, we open our eyes and we will truly see what it is that we are to see. Now, another big part of that teaching is that the information that's coming through it's like this big funnel at times, you know, where you have a funnel on top of your head. You have so much coming down through you, into you, into your head, that it gets to where you just want to not have any more, and you start going crazy, which isn't a bad thing. I, I like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> However, if, if we take the funnel and, and get it more into, like, a hollow bone or a tube or a straw that runs straight through us, Right through our tree. We've got limbs like a tree. We've got our hair, that's our feelers out there. It's like the, the, the bits on the, the pine tree or the leaves on the tree. The trunk of our tree and our feeties connected to Mother Earth. So that hollow bone that's coming through us, aligning, straightening all of our chakras, bringing in that clear light of oneness. When we do that breath work, it helps to align us. So then, then it feels really good, you know, to sit up straight because we're, we're in straight oneness with what it is that we're, that we're coming through. And when we acknowledge more, no, I just feel like taking my shoes off. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> or take, take your hands, take your hands, put them down on Mother Earth, okay? Uh -huh. Give acknowledgement, okay? You know, the, the gratitude part of what we're doing when we're gratitude. We're in gratitude of letting go of what it is that's not serving us anymore. So, okay. so you might want to try this. 
This came to be a good tool for me when I was, um, before I retired, thank you, Craig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in that when I was in business and, and stuff was really coming at me, and you, you know what I'm talking about, that I would just turn and I would go, and I'd flick my fingers down to Mother Earth, and I would let go of stuff. And then I was, so now what I do, and I just, you know, suggested you could have your own sound, but this is mine. I do like love, gratitude, because our spirit loves sounds. It loves to be acknowledged. It's like when I go right away, I can hear my spirit go, oh, good, he's like, close on that crap. Yeah, you know, let it go. It's, it's not ours. You know, what is yours is not mine. What is mine is not yours. But here we are sitting together sharing truth. Okay. And, and we're working together within our bubbles. The bubbles that they surround us. They're our aura, right? They're like bubbles. And each of us have one. And we sit inside of our bubble. We look out. You know, there, there's times when you really breathe love and, and gratitude and, and you're in that bubble. You might look at it as how clear it is or there's a little scratch over there at the couple things Or uh, oh there's a little mar over there in my room that I do things in a clockwise way, which clockwise is you know, really charging it up. And then, you know, you're sitting in your bubble and you look around and there's someone in there when you just want your bubble to yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you look in there and you go, what the heck are you doing in my bubble? You know? <laughs> and so, you know, you make a doorway uh -huh. and with love, yes, prayerfully, yes. would you please leave my bubble and, you know, you know, whatever. Thank you for being here and for being here and I really appreciate the time you had to share with us. Mm -hmm. And you might have to get a sword, you know, get the get out of my bubble. And then once they're out of there, then this is the water, mm -hmm. life, okay? Seal it back up. Mm -hmm. And so then when, when your bubble's all clear, your order's all set, and you're really feeling like you're on it, and then you're walking down the street, and you're all ready for whatever it is. And someone walks by you, and they feel that you're so ready that what do they do? They give you all their crap. So, <laughs> oh man, no, what is that? Oh, I really hear a lot. And we hold stuff without even knowing. Yes. You, know, you can get on the computer, phone call, you know, and, and you just let it go. And the next thing you know, you don't shoot yourself. Yes. And, and you hurt. Yeah. And they have names for it. Cancer. <laughs> All kinds of names. <laughs> they and them. Don't listen to them. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. They really don't. This is ours. It's us. It's we. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what helps the circle stay together. So, so what could we do to help this physical embodiment that's holding spirit? We've some great interviews with people who talk about GMO foods and what to look at and, and numbers and, and all of this stuff. I'll guarantee you that no matter where you're sitting or standing or whatever you're doing right here right now, that around you live plant people who want to support you. Okay. So I want to share one. And most of us dig them up and throw them away because they're just a nuisance. Okay? Mm -hmm. I actually have that in my garden right now. Yeah. I, I love dandelions. Dandelions. 
oh, and you're all wilted, but you know what? They're still really good. And so if you take the leaves of the dandelions, and you can make a tea out of them, you can put them in a salad. What I like to do at times is, is I go get some really good, like, organic uh, turkey or whatever, and I make a sandwich with it, mm -hmm. avocados, and, and I'm not using Miracle Whip anymore, I'm into Vegenese and mm -hmm. soy-free. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's over there going, yeah, I know, you're not into sausage But anyway. <laughs> and, and so anyway, they, they say that you should blanch it because of the acidic and stuff, and I'm telling you. They're so tasty, <laughs> and they're so good for you. Dandelion has within that plant medicine that will help every cell in your body, every bone of your structure. It'll help your capability to come to know what it is that you want to know, because it actually helps to, to clear and to cleanse this massive gray stuff that we call our mind so that we can really truly come to know what it is that, that, that we're putting in there. All right, it does. I've been doing this for well, since I started coming in. Or you could go pick it, but you got to get up about 10,000 foot of the mountains, like uh, Wolf Mountains in Montana. Mm -hmm. It's called Bear Root Ocean. Oh, that's what we have in the Nipi ceremony. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That one's yours. Oh, thank you. So just smell. And, and it's, it's so amazing. earthy. Yes. I mean, it's, 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 well, there. it's called bear medicine because they say that if we ate everything the bears did, we'd never be sick. And the bears go for this stuff. I mean, they're out there. Where this grows is, so where the streams are, and then you got the rocks next to the streams, and up comes this, this root. And this plant that looks like a well, it's got these beautiful white flowers. So the bears gotta get down, they gotta move the stones, and then they get the, and they start eating. Now for me, what I like to find, so when you, when you go buy the stuff, oh okay, so when you go buy it, if you get the really big ones like this, you got your coffee grinder, grind it up and make a tea, add a little bit of honey to it, Drink it all, the little fines, everything. It's great for bronchitis, it's great for the throat, it's great for your sinuses, it clears your head. Do you smell this? It, it feels like it's it's opening things oh, up. Oh, yeah, it's yeah absolutely. Just smell it. I look for these little ones like that. The smaller they are, the more pumped they are. So I take so much more because you're acknowledging what they've done for us. 
matter what tool you use. It doesn't matter if it's a you know, eagle fan or rattle. If it's um, some stone that calls to us because of this. And then we come to some knowings that it's then we start digging into some knowings. It's when we come to know it that we fall in love with all of them. But this one stone, for me anyway, and I really wanted to be on it. This is what's so beautiful. Okay, so I'm in the house where it's kind of like a museum. And um, I said, okay, who would like to be out here for this coming together, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody's going, go, I do, I do, I do, I got hands up in here. Mm -hmm. I love that part because then I get to ask, okay, specifically who would like to be out here. And so some of who are here is because of the listening and these really want to be here. In the expression of who we are as crystal beings, as crystal and light. And then of course there's the And Amethyst, that really speaks of the third eye, pituitary organ. Right there away from the scene. And it helps to lift the vibration. So, as Leah is holding in her left hand, she is now receiving. Her left hand is our receiving hand. So, if, if we put more spirit to that, whenever we're, we're being given something, we've got our left hand shutting off that 10% of, of how we look at stuff. Yes. And we, we step into that 90% of who we are. It's not that we're going you know, to dig out the brain and get rid of it all together because it, it helps us to really process what it is that, that we need to come to in some ways. It was just connecting to the child. Wow. Mm -hmm. And every, every being wants to be seen and felt. Okay, a beautiful crystal like this isn't what you just walked on by. You want you to go get into that child. Oh my God, this is so beautiful. That's what they're here for. Is to be acknowledged for that, right? You ever walk down by a stream though, and you got all these stone people? Uh huh. And every one of them wants to be touched. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter how beautiful, ugly, or in between there. Yes. They all want to be touched. Yes. And it's so important for us to touch as many as we can because with the energy that that, that you're using right now with that energy that now flows there through me as you're giving is now connected to the spirit of this bunny rabbit mm -hmm. who by the way wanted to be here for a teaching too. Mm -hmm. Place your hand on it. What's the first word that you want to say? 
gentleness. Gentle. Gentle, soft. To remind us to be soft and gentle with our physical embodiment so that then we can come into the crystal clear knowing of who we are. So when we're soft and gentle with this physical embodiment, then we become then that vibration goes down into Mother Earth and that vibration is connected to every root of every tree person. It's connected to every little creepy crawly person. It's then connected to every four-legged person and every bird person every, and, and sky people and cloud people. Right here, right now, they're all connected. Just doing that simple circle. So now the bare root starts to get really starts getting strong, right? So what we do Fibrous and just smaller. So what comes in? Oh. <laughs> I have a question for you because you, meeting you now, I didn't meet you in your former life where you were crazy like the rest of us running around in a hamster wheel. You're so present, and being in your presence, you can't help but just be in the present moment and aware of all of our relations. How did you, do you have any advice for us who still are living in, for whatever reason, we still feel like we have to live with one foot in the rat race? We're still, we have children or we have to have a, a business or do you have any advice for how to live like this there? Most important is that as we are out doing where it is we need to do to pay the bills, where it is we're doing to follow our kids. Outside of here lives that I used to say the heat of knowing or the fire of knowing. The more that we acknowledge what it is that makes our hearts sing, whatever that may be, you slowly come into the knowing of what's right here. It's right here, right now. Um, we live a lot in what is going on out there. Find what it is that makes your heart sing. For those that are familiar with, um, with chakras, with um, with dealing with colors. As you look around here, you see seven colors. And they, they provide your representation of directions, but also colors that have, well, many meanings depending upon the tribal affiliation you're talking about. But just really quickly, okay? So the yellow is in recognition of the sunrise. So if you were to hang yellow, a strip of cotton yellow, cotton, in your house, you open the door and there's a strip of yellow. It's about knowledge, teachings, bird people. Okay? 
it's about that first sound you hear in the morning when you come out and the birds are talking. It reminds us to shut our eyes. It reminds us to listen. It reminds us to love and gratitude for the opening of the day. The red is the north in representation of the blood of our Mother Earth. We also talk about buffalo. and like that, but primarily it's in representation of the red of the blood that flows through us beneath us and brings us. Black is the west, and it's about dream time. The white is south. The reason for that is that when the sun rises, and when it gets to its highest center point, it's the whitest white. And it represents the wisdom of the elders that have gone on before us. I, I think you may have heard me say, when our elders go south, or when they go south. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's that teaching that's been handed out from grandmas and grandpas that when someone crosses over, they go south, and that is into the whiteness of um, spirit. Blue, of course, is sky, sky people. Green, Mother Earth, and purple, here, spirit. There are other colors that can really excite us. I know we've talked about orange before. Orange is the color of the sacral. Orange is the color of womb, gut knowing. It's about creativity. So when we come in to create something, you might put your hands there and feeling this creativeness coming through, whatever that might be, acknowledge it and you might want to pick up a piece of orange crystal like um, a piece of but or orange piece of cloth to to make recognition to creative. So when we create, we want to put it into a divineness. We want it to flow through us. So we take that orange creative breath and we put it to purple of divineness and then we bring it to the blue of throat and then we express oration. Creative, divine, Oration. Oration can be not only something that, that we say, it can be an oration of something we draw. It could be a creation of something that, that we put together. It's all about creating and then orating it in a purple way. And being in gratitude for gifts that are freely given. The Creator gives us these incredible gifts every day. There's physical gifts, spiritual, emotional, and mental gifts that are given freely every day to us. If we just acknowledge them, then we will find through divine source what it is that makes us How to walk this walk and dance this dance. How to make relations like we're all doing. And how to listen to the children. Not only the little ones that are around here, but this child. So that we come into a steadfast knowing that this is it. This is true. This is love. Grandma said, You know, Joseph, there's one thing that you After all these teachings that you and grandpas and grandmas and relations and all that I've share, you're going to tell me that there's one thing? Oh, please, Grandma, tell me what that would be. And she said, Joseph, and I say to you, pray. Loving. Oh, that's all it is.
one thing that has been really profound coming here on Journeys with You is seeing this land from the truth about this land instead of what we were necessarily taught in the tourism guides and even in history. One of the examples was my mom loves the story about the Sinagua people that you told us. Can you tell us about the Sinaguans? Our children are going to have a rough time with it, absolutely. I mean, as we did too, because we had history books. And let's really be honest here, what most is written in there is, is not the truth. It's all been interpreted in some ways, and then we interpret it. Oh, well. So when the Spanish arrived here about 1,500 years, there was nobody living there. So if you go to the ruin sites like Montezuma's as well, or these places, you'll see where the dwellings are in the stone. And you won't see a lot of Pueblo dwellings around here because they were torn down by the Spanish in search of gold. But they're standing there. How do these people live here? There's no water. Because there was this great drought, just like there have been in South America some 500 years before. That's why they came here. Now, they're gone. There's no water. How could they live? Sinagua! No water. So in the history books now, there's recognition made to the Sinaguan people. Mm -hmm. The Sinaguan language. The Sinaguan way of life. And even Joshua goes, this is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, Joshua, this is ridiculous. He can't even tell the truth. So, there were no Sinaguans living here. They actually had names. My Hopi brother and sisters, where we were just at over the weekend, uh, helping to put a roof on. When I was first talking to grandfather so many 13, 14 years ago, he said, you know, Joseph, our ancestors have been coming down where you are for 3,000 years. I said, 3,000 years? He goes, yeah, that's just to where you were. He said, in the migration of people from South America that, that came to where you are, We've been wandering around there for thousands and thousands of years. That's not in the history books. What I love about grandmas and grandmas is that they have a great sense of humor. But when it comes to really wanting to share some knowing, we just listen. We can learn some, some incredible knowings of truly what was going on even a thousand years ago. A thousand years ago, the pyramids were being built. Machu Picchu was at its highest in Before that, the hunter-gatherers were out in the Verde Valley hunting mammoths and saber tooth tigers. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Speaking about stories, can you tell us a story about uh, White Buffalo? Because that's a that's a really beautiful sacred story that's that's told in relation to the um, how do you say it? I don't want to say peace pipe or something disrespectful. What I would love to do in regards to that story. Mm -hmm is whoever has a sudden moment of intuitive realization mm -hmm. or any pit. I would like to come here. I'd like to go to some of these sacred places, like Shams Cave or other places. And come with Leo. Or come with me. Or come by yourself, or whatever that is. And we go to a sacred place, and I will bring the sacred pipe. 
and we will smoke. Not that funny stuff that people think I smoke in there. <laughs> there's going to be a whole different crowd there's, coming. There's actually, you know, <laughs> it's all herbs, no funny stuff. And we would go to these sacred places, and then I would express the story. Okay. And what I really love about that story is to have shared it with a woman who would tell the story. Because it's about white buffalo calf pipe woman. So in honor of the women, this story should be told in that way. Mm -hmm. uh, some, of, some of my ancestors and grandmas and that, you know, they, they tell the story. And, um, and I'm fine with that. But for me, there are, there are certain pieces of sharings I really feel should be shared by a woman, grandma, in that. It, it brings the power to in sacred space. And other stuff, too. tools and so many teachings and we can really get wrapped up into so much. If we just come to breathe in love and exhale gratitude, letting go of wood business not serious any longer. And connecting with that breath of life we can make a difference. And we can make a difference right here, right now, for our children and our children's children. Share the breath. Share that it... There's none of this that is not possible. There's absolutely nothing that is going on that we cannot assist and to heal. And what it's going to take breath and a lot of prayer and holding hands and when we can become active become a part sign the petitions that you see make knowing of it they know who we are already okay. so to sign a petition or to start one to lift your voice to share truth will bring healing to all people Aho, Matakoyasa, all my relations. Aho, it is so. Thank you so much, Joseph. That was wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Bob.